Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now okay now i'm gonna do the three two then you say one all right Mm. three two sorry (laughs) <laughs> Jesus Christ. Did you forget what comes uh, before two? I, you, last time it was a lot slower. <laughs> All right. Ready? Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. Three, two, one. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And this week, we got a couple of news stories to go through with you. Some things that we picked out of uh, the very minute news that is coming out in movies uh, that, that has been this entire pandemic, pretty much. But there's a few interesting things for me and Jay to talk about. And then me and Jay each have two reviews uh, to do. So I have a review for Extraordinary uh, and... I also have a review for Relic, which just came to video on demand. Jay, what reviews do you got for everybody? I am going to like two and a half reviews, I guess you can say. I'm going to do Start Up. It's an old movie, um, David McKenzie film, The Foreigner that came out a couple years back, and then a brief one for the most recent one that came out last Friday, Waiting for the Barbarians. All right. Let's head over and let's get into this week's news. First news story. All right, this news story is near and dear to my heart because it involves a little place that I used to work for. It involves Blockbuster. So Airbnb is currently renting out the last Blockbuster. Now, the last Blockbuster, I believe it only exists in Bend, Oregon. Uh, And apparently Airbnb will be renting out this last Blockbuster after closing so uh they will allow for uh for a limited time they will allow three individuals a one night reservation on september 18th 19th and 20th and and this will open up on august 17th so if you want to visit bend oregon or you're just extremely nostalgic for blockbuster then on august 17th jump on your airbnb app and and put in for staying for one night at the mm-hmm. last blockbuster. <laughs> I think it's so cool. I can't believe that there's only one. You know, I mean, all the movie heads out there in the world, all those rich people, you know, why wouldn't one person 
just buy one and rent and just you know just just to have it just to use it yeah you know? um, I, I would i would honestly i have no interest in going to bend oregon so i'm not gonna do it no but of course not of course not but like i would you imagine yeah. you and i having our own blockbuster and our own like set up mock like podcast rant like every friday evening it would be more like <laughs> clerks though like we would be we would, be, it like would clerks. be like clerks i would be like yeah that movie's terrible i'm not gonna rent that to you well what about these two? Oh, they suck <sighs> these are the same two movies you weren't paying any attention no it wasn't i don't think your manager would appreciate it appreciate if- your ruse ma'am I beg your pardon. Your ruse, your cunning attempt to trick me. <laughs> exactly, and we would even be able to like eventually uh, get a liquor license and have like a little makeshift bar inside of the blockbuster. Like, how cool of an idea is that? Like, I thought it would be cool to like to, to like own like a a bar type place or like a cocktail lounge that was also like movie rentals and stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean the the physical rental thing is done, so you have to add something. So I was like, maybe we rent out like a VHS player and a VHS. Like you know, we have like old VHS players that we would like rent out to people. Sure. And and you rent VHSs like old VHSs, like nothing new. Um, but I mean that that's kind of like what Alamo Draft House kind of does. Like they already have kind of like a setup like that yeah so um but i i would love to stay in in a blockbuster for just like one night i mean i've done overnights at a blockbuster before <laughs> uh so that was good. like we used to do inventory and stuff like that and then i used to have like a playlist of movies that like i would put on during like inventory night and it was like all classics it wasn't like anything new because it's not anything you want to pay attention to you want to because you're working how so late you- were those hours again uh, so I mean I I was lucky enough that I I, I worked, can't remember yeah. I worked in in an area where the the township I worked in had an ordinance that you had to close all businesses by nine p.m. So so I was closed by nine p.m. My blockbuster, but every other blockbuster was ten a.m. to twelve a.m. So it was mm. open till midnight. And uh, I, I used to love it because I would be done when everyone else who worked at every other blockbuster in our area was still was still working. But you know, on on those inventory nights, we would start those at you know twelve oh one essentially, and we would work until ten a.m. when when the store was reopening. That's around the time we would wrap up our inventory. So that was actually like a lot of fun. But now add in the fact that I couldn't drink while doing that. Add in the fact that like me, you, and whoever else we can get can come in. We we each bring a six pack and we just like put on whatever the fuck we want. Oh, Sweet. that'd be great. That'd be great. I would love to do it. So oh, yeah. uh, interesting little blast from the past coming back there. Next news story. Alright, so Disney refuses to hit quit. They are saying that August 28th is New Mutants release date in theaters. Do we still believe them? I'll be honest. I don't. I think it's just another week away before Disney announces that eh, we're going to move that back. We're going to move <laughs> it back. It's it, September 4th. No, 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 no. Another week. No, no, no. Another week. It, it's... It, all these movies have moved places so many times. Tenet is now slated for a September 4th release. Everything is still up in the air, dude. I mean, for Christ's sake, I mean, you know, it's 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 hard to to fathom sports even continuing 100%. I mean, in some places have it figured out, but I can't imagine the NFL doing it properly. 
when you hear that like the uh the florida marlins or, or the miami marlins and the uh st louis cardinals like their entire teams have been like taken out by the coronavirus and stuff they've had to forfeit some games mm-hmm. it's just like it, it's all up in the air it's all up in the air all up um, in the air I know, I, I know we're all trying to scramble to get ourselves back into the theaters and to get that and to revive the, the entertainment industry and stuff like that. But with the way, you know, the United States has dealt with the coronavirus, I don't see it as a possibility. Unless we're all just going to say our prayers and just say, hope I don't get it. But if I do, hope I don't die. Last words were, death is but a door. Time is but a window. I'll be back. Yeah, it's just a weird time, man. Everybody just needs to just buckle down get through this be respectful to everybody and 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 it'll be the it'll be over sooner than later potentially i mean we just it's all about this vaccine now and and hopefully an effective one from where from where i'm sitting from where we're all sitting this is not ending for the united states anytime soon everywhere oh, else not in the this world year, not this year everywhere yeah. else in the world it, it it's 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 winded down it's wrapped up but here in the united states because the proper precautions weren't taken and 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 it was were not followed uh that it, well, it's, it's just going to continue but i mean i don't think i don't i really still don't think new mutants is coming out and the fact that disney has is just steadfast on this release date it, it's telling me much more than than it should it's telling me that this film they don't care about i mean we've known they don't care about it but they they also have no faith in it at this point as well. I mean, it, this is its third theatrical release date. It's gone through two separate studios making it. We said meh, M-E-H, meh. It, it, and, but apparently the director is still saying that this is my vision. This is what I wanted. The, uh, you know, I The cut that you will see in the theaters, it's not the Disney cut. It's not the Fox cut. It's my cut. I don't know how much of this, how much bullshit I could fit into my mouth. <laughs> Uh, I'm not buying any of it. I I really think either New Mutants will get pushed back or that Disney just really has no faith in it and they're going to keep that release date because they don't care. But this is my thing about it, though. This has been out for so long. So many people are curious about this property, want to see it. But at the same time, Disney just wants to get it off of their hands. It's probably not even a worthy movie to be in the theater with a big release and big promotion behind it at this point anymore because it's been so costly. So why not take, this is probably a perfect example of take a risk, roll the dice, be one of the first ones out of the gate and see if it explodes in the theaters, you know, just because of the limited amount of options and 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 the thirst of moviegoers. You There's know? that Russell Crowe movie that is playing in Europe right now, Unhinged, the one where where he plays a a, a psychotic road rage driver and stuff. I laughed at that trailer. Oh my god, I didn't think it was so going to be that great. But it, it, it's it was it's number one uh, over in Europe and stuff. It's doing well by being the is. only it's one the in the thing. market. Yeah, yeah. But being the only one in the market. I think that's what Disney is hoping to do. They're hoping to like yeah. internationally, we'll clean up at home. We'll, we'll push it to 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 Disney Plus. We weren't we weren't hopeful for this movie anyway. Yeah, the, the everybody, the media, the movie world, everybody is clamoring for something to do, something to talk about, something to write about. And you know, if you're if you're the first one out of the gate, that's why that's why Christopher Nolan wanted Tenet to be the first one out so much because it would be the talk of the town. Everybody on this planet would know about Tenet 
and they probably already do now. But <laughs> well, now it's got a little bit of competition. Yes, it does. Next news story. So Mulan, Jay will be coming out on September 4th, just like Tenet is slated to. However, it will be coming to theaters and Disney Plus simultaneously. But you will not be able to just stream Mulan on Disney Plus with your regular Disney Plus subscription. You will have to pay an additional, ready for this, $29.99. (laughs) How much it costs for two tickets and some popcorn? Ah, uh, $17. $17? Good Lord! You know, how about we go to my mama's house and watch Barnaby Jones? When every other at-home theater film during the pandemic has come out at a price point of $19.99. So, is it, a, is it something that Disney's doing to kind of like recoup their losses on this 200 over 200 million dollar film not to mention the marketing that they already spent prior to the pandemic happening and now they're gonna have to do a whole new marketing campaign to let people know like if if you want to risk it you can go to the theaters to see our our great wall ripoff (laughs) house of flying daggers ripoff or you could pay 29.99 watch it with the whole family at home now that's not bad if you really think about it, because for the the average family, you know, two adults, two and a half kids, white picket fences, dog in the backyard, to to go to the theaters to see Mulan, that's a a, a fifty to sixty dollar night easy to take two adults and four mm-hmm. kids, uh, two adults and two kids to the theaters. But to sit at home, do it for thirty bucks, pop your own popcorn, sit there with a beer and your kids and stuff, and watch that. It, it's not that bad. But its price point is just over what, what everyone else will be charging for it. Now, I I didn't see whether it's coming to other video on demand services as well, like whether you can get it on your Verizon or Comcast box or whether you can order it through your Vudu or Amazon Prime at the same time you can rent it. But I believe you have to be a Disney Plus subscriber. So at least for the first week or two, right, I'm so, sure. So Disney's yeah. now double dipping, right? You can go into the triple dipping. You can go into the theater. You can rent it on Disney Plus. Caveat: you can only rent it on Disney Plus if you have a Disney Plus subscription. So yeah, I mean they're trying to get more subscriptions, and 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 at the same time, you're right. Um, Thirty bucks extra to watch it, but then again, you'll have it for life. You know, once you as long as you have Disney Plus, you'll always have Mulan. Because that's not a rental, correct? That That's like a $30 and you own that movie. Uh, that I'm unsure of. I believe, I believe it's a rental. I believe it is. Oh, really? I'm unsure. Oh, wow. But it was going to come to Disney Plus eventually for free anyway. I'm willing to wait, to be sure. honest with you. But this goes back to like what we were talking about several weeks ago when we were talking about Trolls, how it went directly to Video On Demand and it made gangbusters for Universal and AMC and Regal got butthurt over that. Disney has now essentially cut out everybody else where, you know, when you put it on video on demand, we, we, we talked about how the studio is making pretty much 70 to 80% profit on what goes on demand as, a, as, as opposed to the theaters where they're only making about 50% profit. Now Disney is saying like, it's only on our streaming service for you to get. So we're going to get your your 7.99, 9.99, whatever Disney Plus is a month. Plus, mm-hmm. we're going to get your 29.99 for this film. Plus, we keep 100% of those profits and we don't have to share it with the theaters cuz we know that the theaters, the majority of the theaters in the country won't be open at that time. 
plus 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 we get all them international ducats just keep it all just just push it all in get it in get it in <laughs> it's 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 brilliant like it's so brilliant that i swear only emperor palpatine could have come up with a more brilliant plan oh i'm afraid the deflector shield will be quite operational when your friends arrive wow Disney is the empire. <laughs> they, they are the empire. Speaking of Disney, <laughs> next news story. So beloved film Tron managed to get itself a sequel several, geez, over a decade ago with Tron Legacy that was an absolute bomb. Disney you know, took a long time to actually recover from the, from the massive bomb that it was, but they're soldiering forward because, Jay, there is a Tron ride that exists in, I believe it's Shanghai Disney, and it's now being brought to the United States yeah. at Disney World. There's a Tron light cycle roller coaster ride and stuff. So Disney has decided Tron 3, it's a go. And, and we've known this for a while. We know that Jared Leto is starring in Tron 3, but now Tron 3 has found its director in Garth Davis. Yeah, so Garth Davis is an interesting choice because he has, you know, not a terrible amount of credits underneath his belt. And for the most part, they're all dramas. They're beautiful dramas, well-renowned dramas. I mean, Lion had a bunch of uh, Academy nominations, so... Yes, yes, yes. But Mary Magdalene literally was brushed underneath the right, carpet yeah um i don't know why i never saw it but like it had a stellar cast joaquin phoenix playing jesus <laughs> rudy rudy mara playing Magdalene. you can see now so, how i think getting jared leto first off for the lead is influencing the film itself now you know i yes. wouldn't be surprised yes. if disney was choosing someone who they knew leto would be interested in working with I actually think that they're going to be doing a slightly different approach as well. I think they're going to try and do a little bit more of that 80s grimier feel. I think they're going to have a little bit less of a glossy feel of the, um, this uh, the previous sequel, Legacy, and have a little bit more of like a kind of a grounded, uh, almost like a Blade Runner feel instead. You know, something a little bit more textured and not so slick. Um, regardless so I, think I think this is going to be an that could absolute be bomb for disney i don't think this film is going to pan out i don't i actually have high hopes because i had high hopes for tron and you know i i didn't like tron that much but i didn't hate it <laughs> i mean it's there is still something about that world that is very you know alluring how bad the the effects are for tron legacy will far outlive any type of success or failure for that movie like when you talk about tron legacy that's what you talk about how god awful the age regression technology was back then um you know how 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 it just doesn't it it does have a too much of a cgi feel for it and and that's the thing like it takes place in a computer world so you you almost shouldn't be faulting it for that but the fact that it just unabashedly beats the uncanny valley over your head where nothing looks real everything seems so smooth and like 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 a brand new toy just pulled out of the packaging like that's how that movie looks i think like that's gonna far outlive that 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 is the tron legacy tron did leave a legacy hmm. it's that it has fucking awful cgi <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, we'll see, man. Next news story. So Dwayne The Rock Johnson, st- uh, and statistic that still holds today, highest paid actor in Hollywood. Still true. Even through the pandemic, he is the highest paid actor in Hollywood. So mm-hmm. good on you, Dwayne. You know, you, you started out calling us all jabronis, giving us the people's eyebrow, and, and you wound up being like, I guess, just the every man that everyone loves to see in every movie. But hey, I mean, look, he deserves it. He, he's put in a lot of hard work. Well, I could take him or leave him. There's things I like him in. There's things I don't like him in. I think his best role to date is still Ballers uh, on HBO. I would like to see more from him that is akin to that. But he is promising that we will get an exclusive sneak peek of Black Adam at DC Fandom, which uh, he says on that's exciting. On August 22nd, we will get our first glimpse at black adam now i don't know what this means like i don't know i know i forgot all about that i I didn't think that he even shot that i don't know (laughs) if if they're going to show proof of concept footage i don't know if they're going to show a teaser i don't know if they're just going to show concept art i don't know if he's going to like stand up there with the camera on him and just pull out his own black adam and let it just hit the floor like i I don't i don't know what he means like is he talking about is he going to show us all his dick is that what's going to happen is that the black adam he's showing us or or is he well, <laughs> you know, he has Rock and Johnson That's in right. his name. So, you know, it's <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Black Adam Johnson. <laughs> he just pulls it out and smacks it on the table and he goes, I promised you all a first big look. round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> I made my money. I'm fucking off now. I'm getting the fuck out of here. I made all the money in the world. And now, now that I've exposed myself on. Fuck being the president. Kanye can have it. <laughs> I've exposed myself live streaming on the internet. Uh, 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 my, my career is over, and I'm okay with that because uh, I'm still printing oh, my dude. own money. Uh, but oh, he has his own tequila, man. He's good, dude. He's good. Right, which, which, if if Entourage, uh, the TV show, has taught us anything, it's that it's that sponsoring and owning a portion of your own tequila is the height of fame. <laughs> It kind, of it kind of is. I mean, look at George. George Clooney just fucked off. Like he he got a billion dollar settlement. Right. With his uh, two or three owners, split that two or three ways. Holy shit! Doesn't he also just... own part of like Next uh, Nespresso as well? And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And then Hugh Jackman yeah, has his own coffee in Australia. You got Ryan Reynolds with Aviation Gym. Uh, obviously, you mm-hmm. have Dan Aykroyd with Skull Vodka. Like, I, I, I think that why are we not? Why do we not have our own proprietary Super Movie Bros liquor and or beer? <laughs> like, All right. Well, don't give it away. away. (laughs) Someone's going to steal our identity. No, Jay, we're not going to give it away. We're going to charge a fucking mint for it so we can be rich like these other fucks. (laughs) Okay. But anyway, uh, so we will get our first look at Black Adam, whether that's concept art, teaser footage, or proof of concept footage, whatever it's going to be. You're going to have to tune in to DC Fandom on August 22nd. Next news story. All right, this is one that I think you're going to find more interesting than I do because I look at this and I go, eh, whatever. Uh, but Martin Scorsese has signed a first look deal with Apple TV Plus, which means anything that is produced movies and or TV. directed, movies or TV, by Martin Scorsese, Apple has first crack at. 
you, do you think this is kind of like a biting the hand that's been feeding you? Because Netflix, you know, allowed uh, pretty much purchased the Irishman, got the Irishman made. We know that his next film with Leo DiCaprio is possibly going direct to Netflix. At least Netflix was the one showing the most interest in it. And now he's signing a first look deal with uh, with Apple TV. Do you think like Netflix is now looking over their shoulder at Martin Scorsese and just going like, we well, we don't need you. Apple might need. Mar- we don't need you. Yeah, I, I. You know, there's a lot of backroom negotiations going on with with Marty, and I don't know what the fuck he's doing with needing all of this money for these projects that he's doing. Because I don't know where this money is going. Jay, if you I were 72 asking- years old, like Mar- like like Marty Scorsese, as you call him, because you're on apparently on a first name basis with him, like you're fucking <laughs> chums, like 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 you're, you're you're like Jonah Hill in a fucking commercial with him, like you're going to meet him at a fucking party. Yeah. Um, but like if you're 70, just goes to show how involved. I am if, with movies. If you're 72, <laughs> you got kids, you got grandkids, you're going to make all the fucking money you can before you die. You you, you don't want to yeah, leave them that, that's, broke and, and penniless. And that's a good point. And that's a good point. But I know how much he, you know, needs and loves the theater experience. I mean, he, he really is a big film fan and, and, and wants to keep that going. So I it makes me wonder... Perhaps Apple's trying to get into the theater game a little bit more. Well, let's let's. This might be a discussion that we can get into in our next news story. All right, Jay. This final news story, I I think, actually ties into our last news story. So you exactly. can probably that up. Yeah, you, you <laughs> could probably extrapolate on the thought that I cut you off on in the last news story on this one. So there's a new court ruling that could possibly remove what is known as the Paramount Decree. Now, this was done over 70 years ago, and pretty much it said that studios could not influence theaters and the films that they purchased from studios and showed. You know, uh, basically, a film back then, uh, a studio back then could be like, you have to show this god-awful movie that we made on at least, let's say, four screens at your theater, or else we won't give you enough copies of this great film that we have coming out, or vice versa. You know, it was them inflating their own pockets by forcing theater chains and 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 mom and pop theaters to allow a certain number of screens for their films to show. So the courts stepped in back then and they said, this is illegal. You can't do that. Now, it's possible that that may be lifted. Now, what does that mean exactly? It means that our previous discussion that we were talking about with Universal and AMC and Regal, Universal doesn't have to sweat that because they can then go in there and say, that's fine. You don't want to show this movie, that movie. Then we're not going to give you this movie. We're not going to give you that movie. Movies that will bring people to your theater. Movies that will make you money. And they're essentially controlling the pockets of the theaters. But what else does that mean? If, if it means that studios can influence theaters and what they show, it also means that studios are able to now make deals where they can purchase theaters that will show exclusively their films. Now, what does that mean for streaming services? That is more interesting. Yeah, definitely. So this is one of those kind of things where it's opening up. It's a game changer. It's a massive, massive game changer. And I'm very curious as far as what kind of backroom deals were going on over the last few years. (laughs) 
to get this done and and whose palms had to get greased uh jeff bezos obviously greased a lot of palms i think obviously and obviously you know apple and netflix would be all behind that as well because they are the they are the big three right. the, apple is the most profitable company in in the country currently amazon i believe is second or third behind that so these are the, the you know streaming services the are owned is, by the massive companies they have a ton of money and they have been setting up their their film and tv projects their streaming projects and obviously why don't they why wouldn't they want to have an interesting new opportunity to have theaters and maybe just have a a whole different kind of theater experience potentially not even theaters have a different kind of setup they can own a especially coming in now after after this pandemic, when th- when theater chains like AMC and Regal and Cinemark are hurting, you know they're they're hurting. They can mm-hmm. come in oh, yeah. and they can inflate their pockets and say, "We own 10, 20, 30 percent of your theater chain now." The only thing we ask in return is when seven five zero zero seventy five hundred is an Amazon original film, you show that in your theater. On at least two or three screens. Mm-hmm. And you can't say no, because we own a good portion of you. And 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 that could go for, for, for Netflix, for Amazon, for Apple, for HBO Max, which is owned by Warner Brothers. That could go for a- any type of streaming exactly. service. Exactly. It's completely It's, it's going to be interesting. And, and this is not, obviously, everybody, this is not going to happen for, uh, a, like, many, We're many talking years. Probably fi- We're talking a decade. Maybe, maybe yeah, five Maybe five years, you'll start seeing something develop more um, concrete about that. But like I tied in with with Martin Scorsese, you know, he needs or really wants, and he had a, he hard fought negotiated the Irishman to be shown for like I think four or six weeks in theaters before it got dropped or as it was getting dropped on Netflix as well right. um, for an option for for different different kind of areas not just New York and LA because he really wanted people to have the opportunity and chance to see it in theater who could go out and see but not to mention um, you know like Roma you know that that was uh, that was a Netflix sure. original that was you know highly regarded at the Academy Awards and everything mm-hmm. that you know because of of the filmmaker and because of the critical claim of that film Netflix also pushed that out to theaters and got it shown in enough theaters to to get it to be nominated but it, it was also in film festivals and stuff like that it opens the door for streaming services to now be more a part of the conversation when it comes to filmmaking because if they want to they can and this is only if they want to if it's part of their plan and i 100% think that it would be because who do you think was behind greasing the palms to get this court decision made or, or, or ultimately made one, once it is final? It's got to be the streaming services, I think, because it ends the argument yeah. that 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 there is with Steven Spielberg, who who has stayed stringent against streaming services films being allowed to be part of the Academy. And it ends that conversation now because if if suddenly it's it's it was only a matter of time, right. Dave. Like honestly, it, it, it you know if it's AMC, if it's Netflix presents AMC theaters, you know, on the science and everything like that, then they can show the films that they want to show there, and they can push their own. And and that goes for for all the current studios as well. A studio can now purchase a stake or even purchase an entire theater chain to show exclusively what they want 
it's a show. It it's extremely interesting. There's still a lot of like little loopholes and caveats and and a ton of stuff to, yeah. to really look at in this. But what it could mean for the future of film, it, it's it, it means that film's going to become a much more cutthroat business than it has mm-hmm. been uh, in, in in seventy years. Essentially, you know, it, it's going to be he who owns the dollars calls sure. the shots and which i th- which i think is <laughs> look when it comes down to it it's all for the better for us it, I, I the viewer i think in the end it could be but it could also hurt us because let's say that disney owns you know the said theater chain and and doesn't push as many of their films to this theater chain or that theater chain or, or what, what have you, you could be in a market where you may not be able to see a film because the studio that made that film doesn't own a theater in that market. Now that's, that's hyperbole. It may not ever get to that point. Cause obviously they won't. everyone wants to make money. So they're going to push it out. Dave, but, they're not going to do that. Right. What they're going to do is they're going to have it playing nationwide, but in their own theater, they might just have it to be cheaper. But even perhaps. more so like, let, let's go deeper. Does this mean that, that, that studios can now decide or at least have more of a say at the cost of ticket prices, at the cost of concessions, at the cost of oh, everything else that goes on there, it—it's—it's it, it's, all—it's all on the table. It's right. all on the table. It's a black hole, and I know you say that it could be good for for theater goers. I'm not a hundred percent on that. I think it's good for the streaming services, and I think it does open the door for us to get more films and more diverse films into the theater system. However, this is. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm talking about quality, diversity, and and also cost efficiency. It's going to be a competing thing. Competition's good. It's going to drive numbers down. It, it 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 is good, but at the same time, it's not the theater chains anymore. It, you know, it, for this inevitable hypothetical future that we're discussing, it's not the theater chains anymore who are in control of it. It's the studios essentially as puppet masters pulling the strings of them. And and just as much as you're excited for it to be good for diversity and, and for the type of films we see, it could also be just as bad where they cut a lot of those films out and and push what they want to be pushed because the, it's going to be the films that make them the most money. There's going to be different styles for each different kind of genre, each kind of person, each kind of uh, brand. You know, you could see it already. You could see... You know, Amazon style compared to Apple style compared to Netflix's style. Like, you know, there's all they're already kind of separating right. their own type of feel of their own products and and projects. It'll, but, it's going to be interesting to kind of like follow this as as it develops and and as it yeah. goes through. And don't worry, guys, we're not going to be like harping on this like no, no, no. you know every other episode. But I like bringing it up there because it's actual interesting. Real things to get to. Oh, of course, one hundred percent. This is this is huge. I mean, this is uh, yeah. But when actual real concrete things drop we'll definitely digest that and talk about it with you guys on the air and and it'll be fun it'll be fun to talk about it and and discuss it more and the possibilities and the and the changes and and our little theories and (laughs) there's endless possibilities i think it's crazy that in 1948 when this law was passed the supreme court ruled in a seven to one decision that means 
like only one person was against this decision one judge uh that studios could no longer own stakes in theater chains uh in the united states antitrust law so it's it's crazy how 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 different our our political climate is Uh, and and our legal climate is these days and we are far more of a capitalist nation than we've ever been for for some reason you know i know a lot of people like to like to say like we are a more of a socialist nation uh as far as our 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 left wing and our democrats go but when you see supreme court rulings like this going on you could definitely tell that we're still very much a capitalist country so uh it's very interesting it's something that we're going to follow um and and as different news stories come out about this you know we'll 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 pick them up and talk about them on the show jay are you ready to get over and get into some of the reviews that we got for this week absolutely let's go all right let's get into our reviews All right, so it was a big week for film watching for me and Jay because Jay's got three brief reviews to do, and I have two. So I'm going to be reviewing Extraordinary, which came back, which came out earlier in 2019 uh, in the film festivals. Got a release in in uh, March of 2020 on video on demand. I, I finally got around to seeing it and renting it this week, and then I also watched relic which was new to video on demand and jay has reviews for waves waiting for the barbarians that just came out friday and starred up so we're gonna get started with you jay which one are you gonna be discussing first yeah i'm gonna quickly go through this one uh, just because this is the one i thought was rather ho-hum however it just came out and on on streaming um okay all i over love the, the place. title waiting for the barbarians yeah. i love this title Are you familiar with these parts of the frontier? Not with this part. Not yet. There is an episode of Hysteria about the barbarians. I have orders to obey. I am speaking of particular situations. Situations where I am probing for the truth. Since all is not well here, I expect further measures will be taken. The barbarians whom you are chasing. This is their land, they know every inch of it, you do not. Did you really say that there will be a great war against the Empire? Pain is truth. That is how you get it. You have no idea how tiresome your behavior is. Well, this is a classic novel. Uh, Well-renowned, came out in 1980. And it has an interesting foreign director that I'd never actually seen before, but he has, you know, well-known films out there in, in Europe that are pretty beloved. And he came out with this film with some stars. I mean, he had Robert Pattinson in here, uh, Johnny Depp in here playing bad guys, evil guys as as uh, uh, colonels in this empire. And we have... Uh, the great Mark Rylance, who we follow as the protagonist, who is, you know, essentially like the leader in this small town in this frontier. And when the Empire comes and visits and they bring in their own uh, sense of fear and order to this frontier town, you know, striking up, you know, the fear of the barbarians that are these just like, you know, 
outcasts. You know, they're just like you think of them as like the Native Indians or the I'm sorry, Native Americans in the U.S. You know, something like that. So I didn't want to put you on the spot, but where and when does this take place? It doesn't say. Okay, all right. So it, this ambiguous. Is, all right, it's ambiguous, and it, it is a slow burn of a film. It's beautifully shot, you know, but it's just slow <laughs> and 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 the, and it is so dated in, in a way where and and harsh at times where it, it almost felt like i felt like this movie needed to come out in the 90s not in this day and age even though there's a lot of parallels to see uh within the political structure of it all you know this i think would have packed more of a punch in that era like you know you know, you see these great movies like Last of the Mohicans. Can you really see Last of the Mohicans come out in 2020? No. Yeah, I mean, I Can like you? that movie. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I know, but I, like, there's some, I'll be honest, there's the some way- material that is hard to digest in certain times, and I think this is one of them. The way you're describing it is making me think of uh, the Christian Bale movie Hostels, which I I. I loved the story, but felt that it was like long it, and boring and yes, drawn out. It and is like way too much. It is very similar to that, to be honest. In a lot of ways, as far as the 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 tempo of the the film itself and how it takes its time, um, you know, it's not a bad film by any means. It's just one of those kind of things where you know you can't relate <laughs> well enough, and there are certain kind of. Um, edits within this film story edits where i feel like they're doing a harsh cuts and it's doing it disservice to the overall story of the film where you could kind of tell that perhaps this film maybe should have been a little bit more like a mini series because there's probably a lot of meat in this book and trying to slice it down into one feature film maybe wasn't uh the right move so you know overall i i think i'm gonna give this a c plus um i think it's a you know it's it's an okay film but you know there's some some flaws to it to be a you know a quality movie feature film and um you know they had they had the right their hearts in the right place but (laughs) it just didn't quite deliver the 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 punch that it needed to for me all right fair enough so uh it doesn't sound like it's a type of movie that i'm gonna seek out or want to watch at all but the film that I'm reviewing, Extraordinary, is a film that I can't believe I didn't jump on sooner. Oh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Martin, she's floating. She's floating, Martin. I know. What is evil? <laughs> hey, dinner. Coming, my sweet. I'm doing an incantation. Oh, 
extraordinary if you take one part Edgar Wright movie like Hot Fuzz, mm-hmm. another part Ghostbusters, and add a dash of a concept that feels like it was born out of a Monty Python sketch, then you wind up with the off-kilter comedy extraordinary so it's written and directed by first-time filmmakers mike Aron and edna logman so the movie follows rose dooley who is the daughter of a quasi-famous host of a paranormal tv show he died tragically while possessed by a dog's spirit (laughs) (laughs) rose is a powerful medium in her own right and she must help a gentleman by the name of Martin Martin, or Mart Martin, as they call him throughout the film, rescue his daughter from the clutches of the satanic one-hit wonder musician Christian Winters, who's played by Will Forte. How is she going to rescue, you might ask? Well, Mart Martin must vomit up the ectoplasm of seven, go- of seven ghosts into mason jars to perform a counter-ritual to Christian Winters' satanic one. <laughs> like does it sound wacky yet because it absolutely fucking is this movie's plot is genuinely and irrevocably wacky it owns its absurdity unabashedly and uses its quirkiness to draw you in with its delightful charm but it's not all laugh out loud absurdity there are also themes of love loss and its main characters all have a past that i guess for lack of a better word haunts their presence uh no pun intended totally pun intended so all the characters in the film while they are cartoonish caricatures of of real human beings they all feel at home in this completely absurd world there is a confidence from the filmmakers in this movie's script and it's wonderfully developed characters that without that confidence and their vision it would have completely fallen apart while all the characters have moments to shine throughout the film the the real true standout in this movie is will forte's Christian Winters. And I mean, he's used to playing this type of outlandish character in an outlandish setting uh, from his time on SNL doing skits to MacGruber, which is soon to be a television series. Now they're going to be making a MacGruber television series Mm. to uh, his, his latest television series, The Last Man on Earth. If you're a fan of dry-witted, quirky, offbeat comedy, then this movie is one that you absolutely cannot miss out on. I actually wound up buying it this weekend because it was on sale digitally for $7.99, but the rental price was $5.99. So for $2, I, I got to own it. And I didn't mind taking that risk. It's the type of movie where I'm going to find something new to laugh at each time I watch it, which I absolutely love. I love finding new things each time I watch something. Like when I compare it to something like Ghostbusters, it it's this movie isn't like Ghostbusters. It's it's something that was born out of that vein. It 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 definitely it's steeped in its in its country of origin. It's it's an Irish movie. So it, it is that kind of like offbeat, quirky type of comedy that you'll find in like British sitcoms, Irish sitcoms and stuff like that. And I, I absolutely fell in love with it. So I'm giving it an A minus. Oh wow. Beautiful. You know, it's just one of those films where I think, you know, I'm gonna have to give it a shot. I mean, especially if you're giving an A minus film. It's not uh, it's not your it's not your movie. 
Like, are I, you sure? I, I, know I mean, this 100%. I, I, I just, I, okay, okay. I, 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 I encourage you to give it a shot. <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you my my password for for the streaming service that I purchased it on. I'm, I'm happy to for you to watch it. But I, I really think that like you're going to roll your eyes at, at some things. Like when I was watching it, like I remember this Adult Swim television series that was on that I fucking thought was hilarious. It's called Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, <laughs> and it and it kind of makes fun of. Uh, of like the 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 like those type of like eighties serial horror series, uh, you know, where it Garth Marenghi is kind of like this Stephen King esque uh, guy. Uh, it reminds me a lot of like that type of quirky comedy, and like to me, while thinking about like thinking about you, I was like, there's there's things that you're gonna think are uproariously hilarious, mm. but there's also things where you're gonna be like, this is just stupid. Yeah, <laughs> just. Stupid. Yeah, I hear you, but like I feel like times are changing, and 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 perhaps you know certain comedies will hit me differently. Um, I know I'm very very hard with comedy, and and I and I I I like to kind of revisit certain things that I've dismissed for so long, just to see if it's changed for me a little bit, you know. And I mean, look, fuck, look look at Team America. Who would have thought that I would have liked that movie? Right, exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> And, and, I never thought you would have liked that movie. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it's just one of those things. Like, as soon as you get into the hooks, when it hooks you in, and you understand what it's doing and the right. absurdity of it all, you can have fun with it. Do me a favor before you watch Extraordinary, watch Anna and the Apocalypse on Hulu. No, I've heard. Of watch, that. Yeah. yeah, watch that first. Musical, comedy, quirky, weird, funny. Watch that first, uh, and then if if, if you I'll found know, enjoyment within in like that, twenty thirty minutes, I'm gonna. If you will. <laughs> you will. So, all right, Jay. What's your next review that you got? Okay, my next one is Waves. This one just came out last year, I believe it was an A24 film. Uh, surprisingly, flew under the radar. I wanted to catch this one last year, and I liked the trailer, and I you know liked this director a lot, Trey Edward Schultz. I enjoyed his previous film, It Comes at Night. Okay, he is seen that? Okay, he's well, a, now we're he's getting a, into something. He's I understand. He's a young, promising new director. It Comes at Night was the one we always talk about that had absolutely awful marketing because it makes you yes. feel like it's a straightforward horror movie, and it's absolutely not. It's more of a twisted, mind-bending psychological thriller. Yeah, and I don't think people were ready for that. And I, given the marketing that it had sure and the next film that i'm that. talking about relic is very similar to that where it's not quite a straightforward horror film but all right so wait uh not not a psychological thriller at all no, based well, on the name. It, it's it's psychological in its way of character development so this one traces the journey of a suburban family led by very well-intentioned but also extremely domineering father uh, who I think you know, you and I can both kind of relate to a little bit, <laughs> um, and and this is played by Sterling K. Brown. We love him; he's great, and he really just commands the scenes and has a lot makes of me cry each and things. every week on <laughs> This Is Us. Oh, yeah. I cry every time <laughs> when he's on because uh, I, I I resonate with his character based on the anxiety that he feels being a father and a professional man and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. Like so, love Sterling K. Brown, um, except for except for Predator. Or The Predator. Whichever uh, one Shane Black recently directed. Yeah. Worst. Let's not talk about that one. Let's not talk about that. I actually forgot about that movie, damn it, David. <sighs> All right, anyway. <laughs> so I love how you say damn it, David, like the way like the way my uh <laughs> my my mother would say it after I just did something like wrong. Damn it, David. <laughs> 
um, so the, it's, this film is actually kind of shot in like almost like a two act type structure because the first act follows predominantly the son played by Kelvin Harrison Jr. And, you know, you see him navigating the pressure that he's going through from his father, from his um, his talent, Under pressure. you know, and and how this sorry, you can't say pressure and not expect me to go into under pressure. I get it, I get it, but I was just kind of fa- I was just like falling into the vi- the vibe of that, and I'm like, all right, I lost my place. <laughs> Theirs goes dun 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 dun. Ours goes dun 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 dun. dun. It's not the same. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> so he's getting into, um, you know, academics and being a renowned swimmer and, and wrestling, and, and he's just a, a great athlete, and he's got this girl, and he he starts to, I don't want to spoil anything, but he a lot of dramatic things happen to him. He gets her pregnant, which is the scariest thing the that same, any young man can do. Same period uh, of time, but not just that, Dave. Like he, you know, am I right? He athlete. actually gets the girl pregnant because, like, I was guessing on that. Well, it's kind of obvious. <laughs> no, yeah, I, but he also okay. So he also has this nagging shoulder injury, which also attributes drug, and you know, leading into like pills, like drug addiction. With that, um, you know that diving into the fact that he does get his girlfriend pregnant and 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 him uh stressing out about that and how that's going to set up the situation and how you know it kind of implodes on himself and it it completely unravels until you know this tragic thing happens and it cuts to well, I don't want to say cuts to it, it kind of cuts to it, but it splices into the following the daughter and the daughter and the aftermath of uh, the tragedy of what happens within the family and this town and how you know she has a different type of viewpoint and and, and this kind of uh, as as a person even because she knows um, the residual ha- things that happen within her brother and within the family in the town. She has, she's kind of like a black, she, she's like a black sheep in the family in, in, in the town now, because, you know, she gets into a beautiful relationship played by Lucas Hedges, a very charming young man. And it kind of turns into a, a love story of sort and a coming of age in that aspect of her coming out of her shell um, and being social again and, and being open and, and trusting of other individuals after the the tragedy. So, you know, it does tone down quite a bit as far as the pace of the film and you feel it. And that's the number one thing about this movie that really just killed it for me because this is very stylish and fresh um the way it's shot and directed and and edited and the music is fantastic throughout this film it's really cool um but it just loses steam towards the end and you know it's one of those things where you know i can't 100 percent get behind this because boring of of being an an absolute great film, but it had potential to be. I mean, this is a B plus for me from when I saw this. Uh, but this had potential to be an A caliber type film. And again, I was say it, it Trey sounds Edward like it was, an, Schultz, it was an A. 
it was an A in the beginning, but like a C plus towards the end. Yeah, so you, yeah. You it, had to land on a B plus in the end. So. Yeah, I mean, it was it was unfortunate, but at the same time, you know, it is a still you know a very solid film, and I think it's worth a watch. And it's now starting to trickle out onto the the streaming world. Not not Amazon Prime yet, but I I think I caught this on Showtime, and you can still purchase it or rent it on the streaming platforms as well right now. All right, Jay. Before I get into uh, my final review uh, for Relic, uh, what's what's the third film that you want to review? Startup. So I will just roll right into that. Startup. This follows the troubled teenager uh, played by Jack O'Connell, and he is transferred to an adult prison where uh, his father is actually stayed at. You've already talked about this movie. I swear to God. No, I never did. I swear to God, you've talked about this movie, Dave. I literally just watched it last night for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know exactly you check Well, you probably I, saw this movie then. I, I didn't see this movie. You should I'm see this. You should see this. Movie. I'm telling you, you've talked about this movie before, Dave. That's impossible. It's not. I think you forgot that you've seen this movie. Is what Dave, I'm saying, Dave. 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 This is it's impossible. You're you're confusing it, dude. All right. First of all. All right, hold on, Mendelssohn has been you. in so many fucking That's movies. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's, it's Mendelssohn, isn't it? You're confusing. Yes, you're, you're You've confusing. You've talked about this movie before. I'm telling no, you. No, oh my have. God, I have not. I didn't even look it up, and I knew that Ben Mendelssohn was in it because you've talked about it before. No, you're confusing a different kind of Ben Mendelssohn movie. Continue. Continue Dude, with I, your thought. You can start over if you're, you want. You're, you're insane. You, about you are insane. No, I, I understand not. your viewpoint because Ben Mendelssohn's in every fucking movie. But I have never, ever seen this movie. I saw it for the first time last night. You 100% didn't. I remember you talking about this movie. But go ahead. Jesus Christ. I on. said two sentences and you think I saw this movie. I, Jake, <sighs> the second you said that, that that a young man was sent to adult prison, I immediately was like, Jay's talked about this movie before. I know this movie already. And I've never seen it. I I know this movie because you've talked about it. No, you're you're fucking nuts. (laughs) I'm not insane. You are you are insane. I'm not insane. No, you are not insane. I know you've talked about it before. You you just forget. You're fucking insane. No, stop drinking and watching movies. Is what I'm saying. Well, that is true too. But I definitely did not. All right, start this one over again, please. <laughs> I'm telling you, you've talked about this movie before. Uh, there's no way I would remember like that storyline. Ben Middleton's probably been in other prison movies. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, I uh, we'll go with that. <laughs> we'll go with that uh, because I don't feel like talking about it on the show anymore. But I'm 100 sure that you that you talked about this movie before. But continue. Okay, start up. This follows a troubled teenager played by Jack O'Connell, and he is transferred to an adult prison because of his extreme violence. And so there he he finally meets his estranged father, who he hasn't seen since he was five years old, and this is played by Ben Mendelsohn. And he is kind of like a seemingly influential figure in this prison community. You know, he he introduces his son to like a therapy group, you know, these guys are, you know, big, angry, violent type dudes. And he thinks that he'd be set, you know, best suited to be in that group uh, to hopefully get him out of prison as quickly as possible. And, and, and the leader who works at this prison is played by Rupert Friend. Um, and he does a great job in this movie as well. But and, you know, this movie is powerful. This is directed by 
David McKenzie. I really love his stuff recently. I mean, he has done Perfect Sense, which I've talked about before. I love. Uh, I mean, he he did How or High Waters. The the movie I mean, that you he's put done up there a lot him. of great movies, and this movie has been in my Netflix queue for years. <laughs> and I finally saw this, and boy, am I happy because you know this one was fantastic. I love this movie. It is so gritty it is so well fleshed out and it's so raw i mean this has heavy heavy accents of you know these british characters that are you know these are fucking rough you know street kids so the dialect is very you know scrappy and and it's sometimes hard to understand what they're saying and you know it's extremely violent but the politics of the prison not just the prison errs but the prison guards and the dynamic of that situation and and institution is is very interesting the way they they showcase it in this movie and it is a father-son movie in a lot of ways but also kind of you know highlights like i said rupert friend's character and how he is trying to help these individuals and how the system is set up to to not do that and it's really a really, really great, powerful movie, and I definitely recommend this. It's still on Netflix right now. It's called Startup. Check it out. What's your letter grade? Oh, I'm gonna give this a solid A. All right, fantastic. You know how I knew fantastic. that? I went back in my notes and I and I saw that you actually did talk about this before. But hey, that's nah, impossible. No, I'm gonna drop it. I'm gonna drop it. You You're better here. fucking drop it. Never happened. Never happened. I literally saw it for the first time last night. Just like my next review, I'm convinced that you are suffering from dementia. So. <laughs> Uh, it's alcohol-induced dementia. Don't worry. Uh, it's not permanent. Uh, you know, once you stop I mean, drinking, it's, it's gonna go. Away. I, I, I know you've <laughs> talked about this movie before. Maybe anyone who's like super fan of the show, who's ever like yeah, listened to please, lot, can br- go back and tell the, me what yeah, Jay's talking yeah, about. Yeah, bring the proof. I need the proof. Yeah. <laughs> but my next review, Jay, is for the movie Relic. This house is the only thing left. All our memories. Mum, what is it? It's here. Who are you talking to? Since your grandfather passed, this house seems... Unfamiliar. Relic just came to video on demand and it stars Emily Mortimer, Robin Nevin, and Bella Heathcote. And this is a film that, like, pretty much grandma has dementia, grandma goes missing. Daughter and granddaughter enter the scene and they search for their missing loved one. But when she returns, she is a darker version of herself, imprisoning her loved ones both emotionally and physically and maybe spiritually. So like this, this film walks like a fine line between like drama 
and thriller like it, it it is definitely a thriller but like it it has elements of a horror film in it that you would be forgiven for putting this in a horror category however like by the time you're done with it this this very much is a a dramatic thriller uh it's an ifc midnight movie and it comes from natalie erica james she's a first-time feature film director uh and it's a dark tale and it's not just a simple story of possession and ghosts. It's an allegory for the struggles of a family dealing with a relative who is suffering from dementia. Um, it, it, it definitely is more thriller than horror, but it weaves a hmm. tapestry of human emotion through a loved one's crisis. It has terrifying moments for sure that make you feel like it, it is a horror movie, but that comes through its visual storytelling as well as the character's reactions to the predicaments that they are put in uh it's it's tough for me to like recommend this for other people but i gotta say like watching it like the just the 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 dark tones and a lot of the emotion in this movie comes from the dialogue and also like a lot of the fear as well Hmm. some of the horror elements come in the dialogue as well because it's coming from a place of like the unknown right like like certain characters are feeling an experience that's coming from from one character to the other but the other one has an experience that like everyone's on a different level um at different times and i mean like it there is a ghost story here, right? Like there is this tale that like the, the, the grandmother, you know, she's lost her husband and the land they live on in Australia. The the story takes place between, I believe Brisbane and Melbourne, Australia, it, the, the land they live on. Like apparently there was like a great grandfather who apparently went insane at some point or suffered from dementia and people ignored him and he died on the property. But like the visual elements that make you feel like it's horror is like, there's like, like mold literally like black mold that is growing on the house as the story goes forward and i i always i saw that black mold as like a progression of the disease of of the dementia uh, uh, for, for the grandmother it's more of like a visual representation yeah brought forth in a horrific way to kind of like explain this very real mental illness that people can suffer from it's it's a tough recommend for all viewers because I feel like while I was watching it, I had moments of boredom throughout its runtime, but it has an emotional payoff that I really was not expecting and I was not ready for. Um, and, you know, especially coming from a quote unquote horror movie. But if you're looking for scares, you're going to have to go look for something else. But if you want to dive deep into something that is the horrors of age and the human condition, I I think you should probably check out relic. It's, it's, it's far deeper than it's, than maybe even a trailer would show you that it is. Um, and I, and I think it's it's far smarter. Like it, it's a very. I heard some decent buzz about this movie, and I li- I like the poster. It looked a little interesting to me. I, I'm I'm intrigued to hear this review though, because it's it's not exactly what I expected. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's so it's a B plus for me ultimately in the end. Um, because I like I said I felt like there was moments of boredom in it, uh, but at the same time it it 
it draws you in as the film goes further and further and further. It, it does have a way of drawing you in and it, it has you questioning both the reality of what's going on, but also like the, you know, the, the fact that most mental illnesses are hereditary in a sense. Like there's, there's a lot of questions that are left on the table, but by the end I was still satisfied. Like I, I, I you know, it ended and I was like, it, I did think that like the ending, I th- I do think that some people are going to like shake their head at the ending. I a hundred percent know that. But for me, it was both a visual and narrative representation of peeling back the layers of finding the person that used to be the person you knew underneath the disease, dementia. So uh, it, it's, it's really tough for me to explain. I'll, I'll be honest with you, but I think it's worth your time. You know, it's, it's like I said, it's an IFC midnight movie. So it's not your average horror movie. It is a little bit more cerebral. It is a little bit more psychological. There is a little bit more going on within the dialogue. How, how was the length? The visuals. Uh, so, so the length is, it's not long at all. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, it's only 89 minutes, so it's, it's 90 minutes of your time. Like it's, it's not a lot. It's, it's not asking a lot from its viewers. Um, I think it's asking a lot emotionally from its viewers, especially if you're a person who has dealt with any family members going through similar type of, uh, of things, mm-hmm. similar type of changes as they, as they get older. Um, you know, it, it truly is heart wrenching, but it's, it's something that, you know, any of us who have parents that are alive and in our aging years or something we're going to have to deal with at some point in our life. What do we do with our aging elders who seemingly cannot take care of themselves any longer? And in the end, like that's the true horror of it is how will we emotionally deal with that yeah so that that's definitely one of those things that i've always been fearful of as well my own reaction to the horrors of family members you know aging dying injuries whatever it may have like some like the like any kind of trauma <laughs> oh oh you you mean you're you're not like a uh, a beta wolf who who watched your dad going through shoulder surgery and you were like i could take him out i could be the alpha <laughs> <laughs> i'm the captain now <laughs> uh, look into my eyes i am the captain now. <laughs> I think deep down, in a lot of ways, my dad probably, after all this time, he will never say it, but like he's like, he he just he you know he secretly wants me to just to like, take him on to take him on. I mean, I did it. <laughs> like, I did it when I was a man. I'm like, Ugh. I mean, I did it when I was sixteen. So I mean, like you're you're thirty five, thirty six. You're but we've always talked about it. you're a late bloomer. So. <laughs> But it reminds me of like Vikings so much. Like I've been watching this this show Vikings uh, with my wife. We're now on season five. So like we're halfway through season five. So we only have one more season to go before we're done. And I can watch Umbrella Academy, which I can probably finally give some impressions on next week. But uh, since we're doing kind of like a what are your watching reviews, uh, 
I completely, you know, recommend Vikings if you have Amazon Prime. It's all available there for you on Amazon Prime. I fucking love Vikings, but there is a lot of fatherly uh, regrets and fatherly uh, influence and fatherly love and complicated history between Dave. That's going to haunt me the rest of my life. That's my number one thing in my life is is always going to be my my father and I's relationship has always been extremely challenging and 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 it's just it's something that he struggles with he doesn't understand and same time i i can't move past you know it's been traumatizing Uh, sometimes i don't understand you either so (laughs) just look at the last episode just blame my father (laughs) (laughs) so i mean that's gonna do it for super movie brothers this week i want to thank all of you for listening uh please again reach out to us on social media let me know if jay has talked up about has talked about startup before because i'm convinced that he has and i'm convinced (laughs) that i have not since i saw it for the first time last night I, I maybe maybe I don't know or we've been doing this tell, show for two see if there is a, a movie starring or has been medicine in, in a jail no, no there wasn't all right well, well not not before this uh but anyway what, what I'm getting at is reach out to us on social media you can reach me on twitter at super movie pod reach me at super movie bros podcast on facebook and also instagram super movie bros if you want to reach me on twitter um, I am at J underscore SMB. And a little bit of a redaction from last week's episode 221, where we did our top five movies that might have been better rated R. Uh, so we, I, I, I talked about Jaws and I talked about Jaws's R rating. So apparently Jaws never received an R rating, period. It just never did. It's always been PG. However, when it was originally screened for the MPAA, they did give it an R rating, and the reason was for violence and gore. So they cut down one scene that got it from an R to a PG rating because PG-13 didn't exist in 1975 when Jaws released. And that scene was the guy in a boat, you know, that I talked about. You guys, you guys, okay over there? And 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 the shark bites him, and we see uh, his leg dripping, like, falling to the bottom of the ocean floor and stuff. And we see the flesh and the bone. Apparently, in the R-rated cut, that scene was longer and showed more of the leg and mm. kind of held on it longer. But they cut that scene short to get it its PG rating. Oh, so that's fine. Yeah, that's yeah. I was great wrong. It was, <laughs> it was it was never an R rating. Um, I did say that it was and then it was later rated pg however it's never received an r rating so uh thank you to those of you who pointed that out to me in the comments over on our podbean page so uh reach out to us on twitter we will i will talk about my mistakes my redactions how jay has watched a movie that he's talking about again for the first time fuck off And I, of course, if you're really enjoying the show, reach out to us. Our reviews, you can reach us on iTunes, leave us a five-star review, and uh, we'll be happy to read that on the show. I want to thank everybody for listening. Have a great one. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers.